Hello, this is John Harrigan with the Secret to Immortality podcast. The Secret to Immortality, as we teach it at ImmortalNow.com, is a three-step process that includes one, mindfulness for immortality, two, Qigong for lasting life, and three, immortality coaching. Today, this podcast will focus on mindfulness for immortality. You can discover how mindfulness can give you peace, strength, and eternal physical life. What can mindfulness be? Mindfulness for immortality brings awareness of our our immortal core, of our immortal nature. With the secret to immortality, we add something powerful and profound to the popular understanding of mindfulness. What we add is being conscious of our immortal physicality and the powerful effect this has on our lives. When we start seeing ourselves as immortal beings, immortal creatures, when we stop planning to die, stop accepting death consciously or unconsciously as an, as an inevitable fact of life, when we turn instead towards lasting life, unending life, our immortal core, we come alive in a special way, come alive with love and infinite love, with stability, strength, and calm. Mindfulness for immortality, again, that's the first part of the secret to immortality. Mindfulness for immortality, two, Qigong for lasting life, and three, immortality coaching. Mindfulness for immortality brings awareness of our immortal core. With the secret to immortality, we add something powerful and profound to the popular understanding of mindfulness. You know, you hear a lot about mindfulness. There are associations, organizations, universities, colleges with courses and certifications. And, you know, maybe they're overdoing it a little bit or maybe not. Maybe it's good that all of them are teaching people to how to become aware in the present, focused in the here and now. Because in the here and now is where we can access and understand our eternal nature. Now, this is not what's taught in mindfulness around the country and the world. It should be. And it's what I'm teaching you today. I'm teaching you about and talking about in the podcast mindfulness, but more specifically, what does that mean, mindfulness, when we practice that in the context of the secret to immortality teachings at immortalnow.com? What it means is, We're focusing on the here and now. We're getting relaxed, calm, and strong. We're letting the pleasurable nature of our core emerge. But we're not buying in to death. You know, no one in their right mind wants to die, especially if they're feeling happy, at peace, and involved in a loving creation. Death is obviously wrong to everyone. No no child born ever expects the world to be this terrible place where um, there's death, injury, harm, and where they can be mistreated. Nobody ever needs to be mistreated. This should be obvious to everyone, and I'm sure it is. Nobody should ever be mistreated. And just because some other people are doesn't mean we have to join in. 
No one should be acting without kindness, without nurturing intent and care to everyone. When someone's difficult, when someone wants to fight, when someone's really nasty and wrong, do you really need to interact with them? Is it necessary? Do you have to be there? Do you have to cross them, poke them? If it's a family member that you live with, maybe retreat to somewhere safe in the house, in the apartment. Maybe take a walk and slowly plan how you can put yourself in a safer situation. Mindfulness for immortality facilitates a progressing awareness of our, of our calm and steady core of immortality. We sit down, we get calm, we do a little qigong, eyes to nose, nose to heart, and a ruby red arc. We sit down, we observe our breathing and don't control it. We feel ourselves rooted to the earth deeply, eyes to nose, nose to heart, and a ruby red arc. That is all you have to do, just to just sit down peaceably and do, take a few minutes. You don't even have to do qigong, but be mindful that within you there's something good, there's something grand, something pleasurable and kind. I would suggest to you that within us all is kindness at our core. Our core self, the real person that you are, I suggest there's kindness there. There's beauty and grace. And when we when we're treated without kindness or when we're acting without kindness to another, we're kind of turning our back on ourselves. We're sort of clenching our guts and stopping the force of life in good as it naturally wants to flow through us. Mindfulness for immortality facilitates a progressing awareness of our calm and steady core of immortality. This practice helps us embody compassion, contentment, and peace within ourselves and with the outer world. As we work towards mindfulness for immortality, not just mindfulness, but mindfulness with the understanding that at our core, we're timeless. At our core, we're timeless. You can't really, truly grow, spiritually develop, do personal, personal development work. Excuse the popping of my microphone. You can't really experience your full potential if you're consciously or unconsciously buying into death as a natural outcome of life. There's nothing natural about it if you've helped a loved one die, if you've had any experience with people suffering horribly and wrong and going to a fate of death or not, just suffering continually and onward year after year. If you have experience with that in your life, there's nothing right about it. Everything inside you tells you instinctively it's wrong. When a loved one dies, especially when a young loved one dies, everything inside you rebels against the death. Everything inside you tells you this is wrong, this is horrible, this is unjust. And it absolutely is all of those things. And that's why you have those feelings. Those are feelings of truth. We're not supposed to die. Who would want to die if they were living a life 
of kindness, love, and peace. Who would want to die if they were learning and growing in life with life on earth? Of course, no one. And with the with the secret to immortality, we're teaching that we're not intended to die. We just buy into death as something we can't change. We're either it's just the law of nature, the circle of life, according to Disney, <laughs> or it's just an unchangeable fact that uh, maybe a sociopathic deity has forced upon us. Um, certainly no compassionate deity and no compassionate human being would design a world where people suffered horribly, died, and everything in between. So it doesn't make sense to think that someone outside of us is doing that, though that's tempting. It's always tempting to blame something else for our problems, someone else, because we always certainly can. But the only one who has power, and this is your gift, our gift, the only one who has power to truly change your situation is you, to change the traje- trajectory of your life, to change how you feel, what you're thinking, and eventually even your physical circumstances. We're in control of our lives. We are the creative masters that determine how the world treats us and how we respond to it. The only reason I suggest that we have this horrible world, really, for so many of of war, of suffering, of calamity, of natural catastrophes, of disease, I suggest that over time we've created this by feeding into the natural world hardship, harm, and killing. When we kill, something in our body dies and continues to die. When a lot of people kill and harm as a way of life, when every life form is running down and hunting another life form to kill and eat in order to survive, what could be more wrong, more flawed, or more completely 180 degrees the way it shouldn't be? Just imagine for a minute that you're, you're designing this universe. Would any just simple human being design such horror? And I'm saying to you, well, no, not not as rules for life to live by, but when we're harming each other, harming ourselves, when we're killing our own species and other species and other animals to, to continue to eat and survive, I suggest to you all that is feeding into really a, a horrible reality of death and hardship. When we're doing all these terrible things... I suggest that we're programming the natural world in how to behave. We're telling our bodies how to behave over eons. We're telling nature, we're writing the computer code that tells nature how to behave, suggesting that again and again and again as the basis of the secret to immortality, that we aren't, and this probably sounds like a lot of religions, and I think religions are probably based on spiritual masters, not just Christianity and Christ talking about everlasting life, but in Taoist teachings, in the mountains of Taoism, in certain Judaic Judaic teachings, Kabbalah, they talk about how we create 
this terrible world, how we've made it and how we can undo it just like we made it. We can undo the difficulties, the difficulties of reality by simply reacting with compassion and kindness to our best of ability, progress, not, not perfection, but just living by a principle of compassion and kindness wherever we can. As enough people start to do that, certainly doesn't have to be everybody in the world, but maybe 10%, as enough of us start to do that as a, as a serious daily practice, the natural world starts to change, our bodies start to change, and eventually it can happen like a nuclear explosion where it just moves virally throughout reality, throughout the physical world. All we have to do is change ourselves a little bit every day to change the creation. Again, I suggest you think of and are teaching based basically on what everyone else teaches and what everyone comes to know that we create ourselves and our lives and we can create something good, something kind. You know, you don't have to be a genius to know know that life as it is shouldn't be this tough. We should all be helping each other. What if everybody in the world helped each other? What if everybody in the world had goodwill? I'm just suggesting it only needs to be about 10 or 15%. Then that goodwill travels the world over and over and over like a virus constantly repeating. Not a, not a virus that makes you sick. Goodwill, compassion, and love can move in a viral manner. I'm talking about like on the internet when a video like on Instagram goes viral. The, the goodwill, the ideas of the secret to immortality can move in a viral manner. And reality and ourselves can change rather quickly almost overnight when think of dominoes lined up and you get this cascading effect. Well, everyone in the world is lined up and everyone in the world can be influenced. Unfortunately, a lot of the world is being influenced in a harmful way. We can start a viral response across the internet, across the world, um, word of mouth, um, written words in books, um, on the internet, um, podcasts like this one, we can start a viral effect by changing how we affect ourselves and how we affect other people. Mindfulness for immortality facilitates a progressing awareness of our calm and steady core of immortality. At this core, when you find it, everyone who finds it, it's always the same. <laughs> when you start to experience your core it's just this beautiful, infinite love where you're connected to a greater power that may be God for you. You may call it a higher power or something else. It doesn't matter what you call it, and you don't need to call it anything. You'll just benefit greatly by experiencing the beauty of your soul and how your soul is part of a world that works together in goodness but it's hard to see that it's hard to participate in this worldly goodness if we're suffering, 
if we're confused, if we're alienated and alone. So at the very least, start listening to these podcasts. Go to the immortalnow.com website and get involved with what's written there. Start listening to other podcasts. We have a course, an introductory course you can take on that secret to immortality. And we have a monthly membership called iLab or Immortality Lab. But I, I've made it, I've shortened it to iLab just to kind of fit in with the times. The problem, the problem with the popular term of mindfulness is that it doesn't include immortality. You know, you can sit down and, and, and really diligently practice mindfulness in a disciplined manner and really make progress spiritually with awareness. But if you're still, if part of your being is sort of like tied up and tied in to the idea of death as an eventuality, I don't think you're really getting the full experience of mindfulness. When we practice mindfulness for immortality, we practice awareness of our immortal self, of our timeless self. That timeless self has no kinks in it. That timeless self has no twists in it. It is completely open, compassionate, calm, and unending. When you have, even unconsciously, the idea of death, death is natural. You know, how do you prepare for death? I can't think of a more screwed up thing ever to do for yourself or with yourself. I must now prepare to die. Yeah, I I don't recommend that. I prepare... I suggest that you prepare to experience your eternal soul as your physical body on earth. Not the physical body, it's something to jettison and go on to another dimension. How about everything's right here and now? In one dimension, in no dimensions, how about heavens on earth? This is nirvana. But we've messed it up a little, and when things get really too bad, we die— And then perhaps we recycle until we go on and on and on, getting to the point perhaps where we're willing to do this right, to to challenge the wrongs of life and to set them in motion in a better manner. When I was about six or seven, I was sitting down in our house on the bottom stairs of the staircase and looking into mirror and... I just naturally thought about my life, who I was, and where I was going. And I could see about maybe 1,500, 1,600 past lifetimes. And I experienced them all at once as though they were still living. And, you know, it sounds crazy, makes no sense, and there's no way you can understand it with, you know, our mortal brain until you learn how to use your brain in an infinite way. So I'm seeing all these lifetimes and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I've lived and died. I've, li- I've lived so many lifetimes, high and low, a left and right, and almost every combination and permutation of human existence. But in every lifetime, I missed the essential goods that we can get in a life. I'd missed what was really, really important How can you live that many lifetimes and miss something? I don't know. Maybe um, I needed to live all these lifetimes to arrive at this lifetime. And at that young age, I just felt I'm here in this lifetime 
to learn the secret to, to life, to get this lifetime right, to become everything a human can be and more, to know all we can know and to be everything we can be and more. And um, some good things and some very difficult things happened to me along the way. And it led to this present moment where I'm in my 60s and teaching you the secret to immortality. I found the secret to life. Everybody knows it. We're creating our day. A smile gets a smile in response. A frown gets a frown in response. It's that simple. An immortal soul, soul and compassionate and good on earth gets that infinite, infinite, timeless love returned to us as we acted out in life. So the popular term mindfulness, I think it's probably wonderful that it's become so popular and people have all their different associations, organizations, schools, and certifications, kind of like yoga. Um, but hey, yoga wouldn't be here for everybody. The best of yoga wouldn't be here for everybody if it weren't for the commercialization of yoga, yoga studios and yoga mats. And, you know, of course, every instructor in yoga isn't great and getting certified doesn't mean you're an expert or you're even good-willed, but it's a step on the way. And we all have the choice if you're doing yoga to make it something good for yourself. Um, in my younger years, I led a red... <laughs> Led, I don't know. I read a lot of books by yogi masters. My mom would read one and uh, share it with me, and we'd talk about it. My mother was really my first mentor, along with my father. And um, my mother uh, read a lot of metaphysics, metaphysical books. She was a student of A Course in Miracles. I was not. It didn't appeal to me, but it, but it was the best thing in the world for her. And we went to an Episcopal church. Probably um, unity literature, unity teachings are what was prominent, what were prominent in my household and what uh, kind of made the most sense to all of us as we went to a wonderful Episcopal church every Sunday. My point to all of this is find something and start going in a positive direction. By going in a positive direction, that step-by-step movement every day, every week, every month, every year, it will take you in the direction where you want to go. The only thing you have to do is stick with it. You know, all of us can stick with negative thoughts for a long time, for a week, for a month, for a year. We can stick with negative thoughts for an entire lifetime, and we don't get much because we're creating our lives. And when you're, when you're acting on negative thoughts, when you're having negative thoughts, when you're seeking out companionship where you can share this negative temperament, what is negativity? It's just tearing down instead, instead of building up. With the secret to immortality, you build up to a certain extent, but then a lot of this happens freely of its own accord, by the nature of our own soul, our own being, of kindness, of goodness, of calm, of infinite love. Infinite love, infinite love, our soul, our core, our timeless self. We live in heaven now. I strongly suggest it's always been heaven, but we're caught in what we've created out of heaven. But beneath this life that seems harsh, wrong, and difficult, I suggest is truly an infinite 
consciousness or a place of infinite love, unending compassion and goodness. That's what I experience. That's what I discovered. And that's what we're teaching at The Secret to Immortality. We've covered a lot for today. Something to think about. Eyes to nose, nose to heart, and a ruby red arc, feet to ground. Go through some of our meditative meditative topics on our podcast. Go to our podcast and look through the podcast subjects of each week and find some that are meditations where you, you can learn the simple meditation, Qigong. Eyes to nose, nose to heart, and a ruby red arc. Feet to ground, you're doing this with your eyes closed, you're observing your breath, relaxing every millisecond deeper and deeper into the beautiful you at your core, at your soul. We've been referring today to the article, the blog article called Mindfulness for Immortality. If you want to see that, we're going to make a lot more podcast episodes from this article, Mindfulness for Immortality. You can find this blog article on our website, immortalnow.com. Go up to the menu and click on blog. And then when you get to the blog, click on any episode that you'll see there. And in the right hand, in a thin right hand, a narrow right hand column, you'll see right away a list of essential and important articles to read. It says essential articles. And if you go down three articles, you'll see the power. Oh, that's wrong. Forgive me. If you go down one, two, three, four articles, you'll see mindfulness for immortality. We highly recommend all these essential articles and every article, some of the articles, we have a podcast episode, but on the website, you can find our podcast webpage where we only have the podcast episodes, but at immortalnow.com, everything's there. Just go there and explore. Bless you and keep you. This is the end of our session. You are immortal now.